The Buffalo Bills are loaded with good problems to have as it relates to the cornerback position. We're going to break those down for you today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Well, folks, we are continuing the performance review series today, focusing in on the cornerbacks. And then after this, there's only one more position left, and that is the safety position. And cornerback is fascinating because the Bills have, like I mentioned in the cold open, a lot of good problems to figure out. So let's break it down and get into these dynamics. We'll start with Christian Benford. Christian Benford, a 2022 sixth-round pick, number 185 overall. He's 23 years old. He turns 24 in September. Benford is entering year three of his four-year $3.9 million rookie deal. In 2023, Benford played in 15 games with 14 starts. In those 15 games, on the field for 91% of the defensive snaps, collected 54 tackles, 10 pass breakups, two interceptions, two two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and three tackles for loss. Some other statistical numbers that I want to bring up for Christian Benford. Nine of the 16 games he played in, including the, the Steelers playoff game, he allowed under 20 yards. Less than 20 yards conceded in coverage in nine of 16 games. He allowed two or fewer catches in 10 of 16 games. He allowed more than 50 yards in only three of 16 games. So as for the 2023 review for Christian Benford, he has proven himself to be the best young cornerback on this team. He's a sound and consistent player in coverage. As I went through with the numbers, he doesn't give up much at all. He only he fully understands the Bills zone match principles and how they want to play defense. He's an elite tackler. He missed one tackle all season. A missed tackle rate of just 1.9%. He's an absolute stud. I mean, I'm very excited about Christian Benford. He had a great season year 2. He's held off Kyer Elam despite being drafted in the 6th round. Benford is an answer for this defense. So as for my 2024 outlook, there's a lot for the Bills to sort out at cornerback. But to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Benford is one of your starters at corner, and then you figure out who's playing opposite of him. He has been too good over two seasons. The ball production, he's taking away the football, playing the run, not missing tackles. He's a stud. He's a stud has every bit of the makings of a long-term starter for this defense. And I know that Christian Benford's a popular name as it relates to the 
transition somebody to safety. But why would you transition your best young corner to safety who's entering his age 24 season? To me, this is very clearly one of your starting outside corners and all these other players we're going to talk about. They're vying to be the guy opposite of Christian Benford. He was terrific this past season in every way that you can spin it. Now, I'm a little bit concerned he's had some nagging injuries along the way. It feels like even last year and this year, there's always kind of something. Misses a game here and there. Would have loved to have him against Kansas City in the division around. I want to see that kind of clean up a little bit. But when Benford's on the field, he's an absolute stud. Rasul Douglas, a 2023 in-season trade. That's how they got him. They traded a third-round pick for Rasul Douglas and a five. A phenomenal trade for the Bills during the season. Rasul is 29. He turns 30 in August. His contract is interesting. He has one year and $9 million left on his deal, and none of that $9 million is guaranteed. Now, I'm not suggesting that you cut Rasul Douglas, but you could and free up $9 million with no dead cap accumulation. It's important for me to say that because it just means that you have to do something with with this deal to reduce that number because you have all the leverage to do it. I think the best path forward here with Rasul Douglas is to extend him and then push some of that money into future years to reduce that $9 million 2024 cap hit where you have all this flexibility and opportunity to do something with this contract. So you got to do something here with this deal. And I think you had that in mind when you traded for him and you acquired this deal. Brandon Bean talked about how it was important to him that the player that they traded for was not just a uh, an expiring contract that there was another season that provides some flexibility. And I think that Rasul Douglas can certainly be a key pillar of this defense. And it's just a matter of how you're going to manipulate this $9 million that you have a lot of flexibility to deal with. As for his 2023 review, this was an exceptional trade that helped the Bills in 2023, and it should help the Bills moving forward. Uh, he allowed a 44.2 passer rating against his coverage. That's phenomenal. He took away the football, and he was a big part of how this defense stabilized down the stretch. As for his 2024 outlook, I'm looking at him as, as the most likely guy opposite of Christian Benford. Now, there should be competition from Kyrie Elam. We'll see as it relates to Trey White. We'll talk about him in just a minute. But Rasul Douglas is going to be tough to beat out, and it's a good problem to have. The Bills' cornerback depth over the last three years has been really stressed. They've had a lot of injuries. And so it's nice to have all of these options. But a big task ahead for Bobby Babich in his first season as the defensive coordinator is getting his best five, six defensive backs on the field at a time, right? He's got to figure out the best and most effective way to do that. And I love that it's hard to figure out. I do, uh, because it means you have a lot of good players. That's hard to not put them all in the game. And so I think Rasul Douglas is the leading candidate to play opposite of Christian Benford. And we'll see if Kyer Elam and Tredavious White have something to say about that. We're going to talk about those two players in addition to Dane Jackson on the other side of it. So be sure to stick with me. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's really important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most people have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. 
It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That'll get you 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. All right, these next couple guys here are going to be challenging to break down. Christian Benford, Rasul Douglas, phenomenal football players. You feel like those are your probable starters next year. Now, how does Tredavious White and Kyrie Elam factor into that? Well, let's talk about it. Tredavious White, a 2017 first-round pick, number 27 overall. He's 29 years old. This will be his age 29 season. He turns 30 in January. He's entering year three of his four-year $69 million contract extension. And there's some dynamics here with this contract that we need to discuss. So this season coming up, 2024, Trey White is scheduled to have a $16.4 million cap hit. That's not ideal. You're not likely to get $16 million worth of cornerback play out of Tredavious White this year. Now, you can cut him, but you're going to pay him $10 million against your cap to not be on your team. That doesn't feel great. You would get $6 million in cap savings. Greg Thompson on his salary cap uh, show that he did a few weeks ago on the Cover One YouTube channel suggests that you can rework this deal a little bit by converting some of his salary to not likely to be earned incentives and get his cap figure down. And I think Greg has that as a reduction of about $3.1 million in cap savings. And, and to me, that makes sense. I think you want to do something here. I don't think you want to eat $10 million just to not have him on your team. Uh, but you got to find a way to make this work for everybody. And it's an unfortunate reality that two of the last three seasons, Trey White has had significant injuries. And you just don't know exactly what to expect out of him moving forward. So hopefully both parties, Trey White and the Bills, can come together and find a reasonable path forward here that makes sense for both Trey White and the team. As for the 2023 review for Tredavious White, I thought he was starting to look a lot like Tredavious White. You think about the ramp up last season as he was coming off of the ACL and then Maybe that week one game against the Jets wasn't great, but I thought the next two and a half games were really, really good. And then his Achilles ruptures. It's very unfortunate. So 2021 ACL tear and now this. Over the last three seasons, he's played in 21 of a possible 50 games. It's concerning. So as for his 2024 outlook, I think it's good that this injury happened earlier in the season, right in week four. That should allow him a lot of time to get back. We're hearing good messaging from Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean about how hard he's working to rehab. There's no doubt about that, right? We know Trey White's going to put his best foot forward. I'm concerned, right? I mean, it's a cornerback, and cornerback is a position where athleticism matters a ton. And what does this Achilles injury take away from him? What does that, combine with the ACL, take away from him? It's concerning to me. I, I don't want to think about him losing explosiveness that he has to have. Is this a player that we talk about as a transition to safety? I don't know. I've pushed back on that because I don't think Tredavious White is a very physical player that tackles well, but I think we have to consider everything as it relates to Tredavious White and how do you maximize what's probably going to be an expensive player against your cap that's meant a lot to your organization. That's Sean McDermott's first draft pick. You know there's a lot of love there. He's been a great ambassador for the team. You can tell the team loves him. You can tell he loves the team. 
but he has to get healthy, and we'll see. But I think, for me, my perspective on Tredavious White is we have to think about everything, whether that's moving on, a pay cut, moving him to another position, even if it's not the most logical scenario. How can he help your team the most, right? And that's what Brandon Bean's got to ask himself and figure out this offseason. Let's talk Kyrie Elam, a 2022 first-round pick, number 23 overall. Elam is 22. He turns 23 in May, as I pointed out yesterday. Kyrie Elam is the second youngest player on the team, about six weeks younger than Dorian Williams. And that's fun to consider as he enters his third season, and maybe he hasn't met expectations, but he's, he's extremely young. And I think that's important for us to be mindful of. He's entering year three of his four-year $13.7 million rookie contract in 2023. He played in three games with two starts, and then, of course, he played a lot of snaps in that Pittsburgh uh, wildcard game. In the three games that he was active for, 70% of the snaps on defense, 11% of the special team snaps. It's kind of the concern there is a guy that maybe isn't going to start for you. You'd love for your third or fourth corner to be an asset on special teams. I'm not sure that's really going to be Kyrie Elam. Collected 14 tackles, had that interception against Pittsburgh in the playoff game, which was a phenomenal play. But as for his 2023 review, I think the word you have to come up with here is disappointing. Sounds like he tried to battle through a foot injury uh, that eventually landed him on IR for a bunch of weeks. Of course, wasn't able to beat out Christian Benford again, right? That's two years in a row he couldn't beat out Christian Benford. I think it's fair to say Christian Benford's just a better player for him for this defense. He flashed when he played, right? He always kind of does. I don't think he's as bad of a player as the lack of playing time indicates that he is, but he's certainly not convinced this coaching staff that he deserves consistent playing time. So as for his 2024 outlook, I've got written down, we'll see. I think it's most likely that he's a depth piece. I think one of the big storylines coming out of this past season has been uh, not having a great relationship with John Butler and does a new position coach change things with John Butler no longer part of this mix? Can he beat out Benford or Douglas? or Trey White, because if he can't, he's the fourth corner. If he's one of them out, he's the third corner, right? So the reality is that he might be a depth piece once again, but you know maybe there's a world where one of White or Douglas goes to corner, or goes to safety, and now there's more of a path for, for Kyrie Elam. I'm interested to see how that sorts itself out, but he's a young player that's a first-round pick that has flashed, and you'd like to be able to get more out of this investment than you have to this point. How do you do that? You're not going to play him over players he's not better than, right? So that's the hard part. He's got to earn it. And so we'll see what happens with Kyrie Elam in year three. Dane Jackson, a 2020 seventh-round pick, number 239 overall, 27 years old. Dane turns 28 in November. His contract is expired. Uh, He completed his one-year $2 million deal. In 2023, he played in 15 games with six starts. In those 15 games, on the field for 50% of the defensive snaps and 27% of the special team snaps, collected 39 tackles, five pass breakups, and a forced fumble. As for his 2023 review, he continued to be a solid depth player and spot starter for the team. I think that's really what has defined his four years with the team to this point. Spot starter depth. I think his run defense and his tackling has regressed a bit over the last couple of seasons. 
I thought he was a disaster in the Kansas City playoff game, which was disappointing. You thought maybe he would have a better showing, but I thought he was as big of a problem as anything with the defense in that game. So as for his 2024 outlook, I'm guessing he will go somewhere else that provides him with a more clear path to playing time. Uh, But if there isn't a market for him, and there might not be, I can see him being back on a modest deal to continue providing depth, to continue providing special teams. You know, one of the storylines as it relates to the Bills' cornerbacks and really the secondary in general is a lack of depth behind Taron Johnson in the slot. There's a point in my point in time in my studies of Dane Jackson, particularly with him at Pittsburgh in college, where I thought maybe his best best path could be as a slot corner. So uh, maybe there's a path there for him to p- provide depth and come back as a special teams player. But Dane Jackson might look at this opportunity to see what's out there for him and see if there's, a, a, like I said, a, a more clear path to playing time. Because right now, you think he'd enter next season as fifth on the depth chart, perhaps. We'll see if he can beat out Kyrie Elam, right? Like, it's an interesting dynamic to consider. But I think there's probably a decent chance Dane Jackson finds himself on another team where, you know, he can be in contention for a starting opportunity. All right, on the other side of it, we're going to talk about the slot corner, Taron Johnson. We'll talk Saran Neal and Brandon Bean's to-do list here. So be sure to stick with me. You shouldn't have to worry when you're looking to buy tickets for your next big event. Well, you don't have to because game time is here, and it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices. They give you a view from your seat and a best price guarantee. I love the app. It's super easy to navigate. They give you flash deals. They specialize in last-minute tickets. And I also love this. They send the tickets right to your phone. So if you purchase tickets, you don't have to dig through emails to find the ticket. It goes right to your phone. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, let's talk about all-pro Taron Johnson. 2018 fourth-round pick, number 121 overall. 27 years old. He turns 28 in July. He's entering the final year of his three-year, $24 million contract extension. And he's got a $12.4 million cap hit in 2024. This is an obvious extension candidate for me. Just like we talked about in the offensive line review with Deion Dawkins, I think you can extend him for three, four more seasons and sign yourself up for more Taron Johnson, but also reduce that cap hit, right? You can spread that $12.4 million into future years and save yourself some cap space in 2024, which you need to do as you look at this offseason entering you know, north of $50 million over the cap. In 2023, Taron Johnson played in 17 games with 17 starts, on the field for 89% of the defensive snaps, collected 98 tackles, eight pass breakups, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and three tackles for loss. As for his 2023 review, Taron Johnson was exceptional once again. He's a big part of this defense. And I respect the role that he fills so much as this pretty much every down slot corner plays a lot on the second level and in the box 
lot of man-to-man coverage, a lot of zone match. They had him doing some really fun coverage disguise things, and he'll start out in the slot, and the next thing you know, he's a, a deep half-zone safety. I mean, they they use him a ton. He's a big part of this operation, and he executes at a high level. Um, I think this is my favorite thing about Taron Johnson this year. Obviously, we know he's a second-team All-Pro. But that happened in a season where he didn't record an interception. I think that speaks to the respect that's out there for Taron Johnson and how he plays and the impact that he has on a good defense. And that despite not having an interception, he's still a second-team All-Pro at slot corner. I think that's awesome. So as for his 2024 outlook, I mean, he's a huge part of the defense. Perhaps I'm looking for some more versatility in how they use him. I just mentioned that they use him in a lot of different ways. But as this team looks to become, I think, a little bit more diverse with how they play their back seven, I talked about this with teams playing more heavy personnel against them, whether that's two backs, multiple tight ends, extra offensive linemen, you're going to want to play three linebackers. And so what does that mean to Taron Johnson? I don't think that means anything. I don't think you take him off the field. I think you find a different spot to put him. And maybe you want to do more five, six DBs, right? Six DB sets. And that was a big part of uh, the the Bills hired a new um, Nichols coach, uh, which came over from Tennessee where he was a safeties coach. And they ran a lot of four, one, six looks. And do they want to get a little bit more creative with how they move around Taron Johnson? I think that's all possibility. I'm, I'm excited to see how that, uh, unlocks in 2024. So that that should be interesting in in terms of what is it what is uh what is Bobby Babich's role as a defensive coordinator with a lot of new assistants with potentially the need to play defense a little bit differently. What does that mean for Taron Johnson? And I think that it means that he's going to play in some different spots but he's still going to play, you know, uh, be a featured every down player for this defense. Let's talk Saran Neal, 2018 fifth round pick, number 154 overall. Saran is 29. He turns 30 in August, entering the final year of his three-year $9 million contract. The Bills can release Saran Neal and save $2.3 million in cap space. I think he's also a pay cut candidate. Um, so if you wanted to say, Saran Neal, you know, you're due to make $3 bucks this year, um, we could release you, and I don't know that you're going to go find $3 bucks. Do you want to go ahead and take a pay cut here? We'll reduce your cap hit, we'll save cap space, and we'll keep you around. Right, I think you can have potentially that type of conversation with him, just like I brought up for guys like Deontay Hardy. I brought it up for Naheem Hines, that type of thing. Uh, Saran Neal in 17 games, uh, excuse me, 2023 played in 17 games with zero starts, only on the field for 4% of the defensive snaps, 80% of the special team snaps. Collected 13 tackles. He did tie for the team lead in special teams tackles with Tyler Medikavich, Saran Neal, Cam Lewis, um, and they all tied for the the lead, Dorian Williams as well. So those four guys. I thought he was okay um, in 2023. I think he's had better seasons, particularly as a punt gunner. Um, you're looking for maybe a little bit more out of him, especially for a $3 million a year special teams player. And so as for the 2024 outlook, I think he has to be more impactful to justify that price tag, especially if he's back and nothing happens with his contract. Um, he's obviously a player that you don't feel great about having to play on defense just on based on a guy that's been around since 2018 and throughout the years, he's earned less and less opportunity on defense. He actually just played uh, 47 snaps of defense this past year, which is the lowest since his rookie season back in 2018. So for a guy that 
you know, you, you talk about this concern of having a lack of depth in the slot. Well, you'd love for Saran Neal to be able to be, well, okay, a dependable reserve in the slot, but also an impact special teamer. So I think they'll have to have an honest assessment of Saran Neal and figure out what to do with that contract. And, you know, maybe it's moving on, but I, I think he can be a high impact special teams player. But um, if he's going to do that and he's going to be here on $3 million, I think we need more than what we saw this past season. As for futures contracts, the Bills have Kyron Brown and Jamarcus Ingram uh, locked in on futures deals. Those are practice squad players this past year. Jamarcus Ingram a couple years in a row on the practice squad, and he certainly flashed. So you got a lot. As we get to the Brandon Beans to-do list part of this conversation, we consider what they have and what do they need. There's a lot here that's in place. Uh, literally everyone is under contract except for Dane Jackson. And I think Kyron Brown and Jamarcus Ingram as futures contract guys, that's really solid. So there's there's a lot in the mix. I think what they what they have to figure out is how you're going to deploy all these players. And I think there's dynamics in place. Um, yeah, what does Trey White come back and look like? Uh, does Kyrie Elam force the issue? Is a a move to safety in the cards for one of these guys, right? I think that's what they have to, when I, when I ask myself, what do they need at corner? I think they just need to figure all of that out. Perhaps the biggest missing element to this group is depth in the slot and feeling like if something were to happen to Taron Johnson, as we sit here and talk about how important he is, and he's been a, a durable player for this team, you know, how, how do you make that work if you don't have Taron Johnson? I think that's my biggest question mark. And so it'd be nice if they were able to find a player that can be depth behind Taron Johnson, but also provide special teams impact. I think that's the question that I have. And maybe that's Cam Lewis. Maybe Cam Lewis is a player that they're looking at as a potential compete for a starting role at safety. And I think there's a lot to talk about there as well. And that's what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to break down the safeties and a lot of question marks there, a lot of expiring contracts and plenty to sort out. And maybe there's some guys that move around. So we'll talk safeties tomorrow on the podcast and we will tie a ribbon on the performance review series. So thanks so much for being here. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.